in our like talent strategy, we have the goal is you should stay at Alva for at least four years. And during those four years, you should have had have at least two different roles, meaning we want people to stay longer than the average. The average in Stockholm right now is like three-ish years, and I think it's decreasing. And we also want people to grow here, hence the like at least two roles. And then my job has been a lot about like, okay, how do I then optimize for that? So it has like so many implications. But we've had the discussion of like, is that the same for everyone? Should we specify it more for different roles? I think it, because it has implications, but it's, at least in my mind, it's helpful that you spell it out. What is it that we expect? Because it's going to be easier to know who can I look for and who shouldn't I look for and what expectations do I set on the candidate? And, you know, what do I inform them on? Welcome to How We Hire, a podcast by Alva Labs, with me, Linnea, licensed psychologist and head of people. This show is for all of you who hire or just find recruitment interesting. In every episode, I will speak with thought leaders from across the globe to learn from their experiences and best practices within hiring, building teams, and growing organizations. Our guest on today's episode is Elise Remy. Elise is a dynamic and commercially minded leader in the tech industry with a wealth of experience in building high-performing and diverse teams. Her professional journey has taken her across multiple countries, including Sweden, Australia, and France. With a background covering agency, consultancy, and in-house product companies, Elise brings a unique perspective to talent acquisition. During today's episode, we will focus on Elise's work at Volvo Car Mobility, where she has led the talent acquisition team through an impressive growth journey. She's driven the hiring roadmap and fostered alignment within the organization's strategy. Welcome to How We Hire, Elise. Thanks for having me. So excited to get started to talk to you. And today's overarching topic will be hiring strategy, like how you can build and I guess stick to a sustainable hiring strategy, especially in a growth company and how you, during that process, navigate stakeholder and create this like collaborative process. But before we jump into that, Elise, can't you introduce yourself a little bit? Who are you? Why? <laughs> and tell us a little bit about Volvo Car Mobility. I've been now working at Volvo Car Mobility for the last five years. So basically started when the company was very, very small, maybe about 20 people. Currently, I'm the head of talent acquisition in the company. So I've had uh, definitely a big journey in this uh, organization. So for those that maybe don't know so much about Volvo Car Mobility, I, I can also say a few words about that. The company is a mobility technology product founded in 2017 and owned by Volvo Cars. So what we do now, what we've done for five years is developing the car sharing service called Volvo On Demand that maybe some of the people know as M, that was the old name for this product. And during those five years, we've been growing from yeah, around 20 people to almost 200. So impressive growth, amazing journey along the way, fantastic colleagues and, and a lot of fun in between. I actually have a fun fact. One of my fantastic coworkers, Christopher, there's actually an episode with, with him. He's our head of customer success. He made a great example of Volvo Car Mobility 
in the relationship to how important customer service and customer support is because he was using your service, had trouble getting out of a super complex garage, called the support and had amazing support and was so helped. So he never wanted to use another service again. So fun fact, Alva is a fan. <laughs> amazing story. Yeah. So you've obviously hired great support reps at least. For sure. They are amazing and uh, yeah, really helpful in all kinds of situations. And there has been <laughs> there sometimes have been funny situations. stories. <laughs> <laughs> I can't imagine. Okay, so to kind of like set the stage, Elise, could you provide a brief overview of this hiring strategy that you and your team implemented through this like growth from 20 to hundreds? So for us, it all started in 2018 when when basically uh, I joined and I was the first person representing TA in the organization. So I basically started pretty much from a blank page, everything to figure out, really. I think if I just, you know, reflect on a few observations, you know, from that time, I can say that we were in a place where we had a need, quite constant need, you know, to hire new people for them to join the company. And, you know, the business was growing rather fast. We were going through like different periods of alphas, soon going into a beta trial. So it's been like very exciting, you know, in that time. But basically, yeah, a need for a lot of people to join. We were also, of course, facing, you know, the same tech market as everybody else. Obviously, you know, talent scarcity has also been like very much a reality and also a lack of diversity. Then also, I think that a lot of the team members that were already there when I joined had joined through being referred in the company. So we had also a need of diversifying a little bit the talent sources uh, quite early on. And in parallel, well, I was the only employee for the first few years focusing on TA. So had definitely a need to like think a bit big, try to think, okay, what do we need to do to make this sustainable for everybody? Answer the need of this organization, but also, you know, focus on the, the context of, of growth. So to do that, of course, then later on with, with other people as well, as the, the TA team was, was growing a little bit. I thought about how to do this. And I think that, you know, one of the first realization was creating like a sustainable hiring process. So basically like looking into, you know, how this hiring process can be sort of like self-supporting itself and just looking into like, how can we make this as clear as possible, as low maintenance as possible and as scalable as possible? Because we were in a situation where basically we had a few people in the teams, a few managers as well, but not so much time to spend also in interviews. And of course, like when you're hiring the first few months around 50 people, there is a need to obviously being able to scale everything that you do around hiring. I think also that quite early on, you know, for us, we've been promoting the, the talent sustainability approach for the organization and really working hard on continuously, you know, attracting, developing, but also retaining talented people with the skills required for current, but also future roles. And I think we can go into a bit more details regarding that a bit later. But yeah, and then, you know, for me, I was also thinking, okay, what, when I look out there, great companies, you know, that are really good at hiring, building great cultures, what do they really nail? And I think they really nailed the hiring culture. So for me, that was also aiming to, to create that hiring culture internally and really making basically hiring a company-wide commitment. Making people on board with the plan, having them really understand, you know, what it means to hire quite a lot <laughs> and take that from there, basically. I love the concept hiring culture. That's absolutely brilliant. And I think one of the like luxuries that I feel that I've had has been working with hiring for a 
company that is already obsessed with hiring. It, it made my life so easy. And I guess when you say we probably do have a hiring culture, but I mean, if you don't have that, how do you get it? Like, what did you do to create that? I think for us, you know, it's been a lot around how to promote, you know, hiring and, and like really make people commit to the work making them understand, you know, why it's an important part of what we do on a daily basis as an organization, you know, why if we win, you know, with people, we will win with the product, we will win, you know, as an organization. And I think that being quite systematic and and holistic in that approach is so necessary and everybody has a role to play in that. So we've been also using some frameworks that really sort of like break it down. What kind of roles can you have, you know, when you're part of like a company that grows fast, basically. Do you want to share some examples of what those roles are? We actually use the uh, framework from the CEO of Greenhouse, Daniel Che, who has been developing that framework called uh, Talent Makers. And I found it very inspiring. And we used, I used that a lot in, in terms of like, you know, how to think about the hiring culture, because I think it's quite easy to understand and, and it really helps people know what kind of roles they can have. And it's not just one role, right? It's not just about, yeah, I'm an interviewer, I'm a hiring manager, but thinking a bit bigger than that. Daniel explained in this framework is that you can be basically a, a talent leader, part of like building that hiring culture quite hands-on and, and really promoting, you know, this in terms of like how you communicate, what kind of prioritization you do around hiring, making sure that this is aligned throughout the organization. And then there is also this role closer to what he calls a talent magnet. So creating, you know, that environment where also like great talent is attracted to come and work. And that is where you can also use like everything that people do basically and really, you know, promote that externally, making it attractive and and sort of like using basically all resources you have. And of course, like people are the best to promote what they are doing and why it's fun to work somewhere. And then there is also this last role called talent partners. So that is basically everyone that ensures that there is, you know, the best support and tools around hiring and to make it successful. So that's sort of like, you know, those three different roles. And if you're in TA, you can be a part of like different things. If you're a hiring manager, it's the same, you know, you sort of like jump, you know, in between roles. But I think that it's really sort of like structure, you know, very well what, how people should focus on this work. That's a really good way to, to divide it. Because I think one thing that, I guess sometimes it's a challenge is when you put like the the emphasis that it's only the TA person that can find the candidates and attract the candidates and it's their job to do that, then it's going to be really, really hard to, because you need to share that responsibility. And most likely it's not me that will be the most relevant talent magnet. It will be the hiring manager or someone from that team. So like when you can nail that, I think that's like a massive power to unleash. Did you succeed? Did you have a lot of talent magnets? For sure. We had a lot of people that joined because of the people we had in the team. So definitely that was visible and and it worked very well. Yeah. How did you show them off? (laughs) I would say it's more, you know, them and being awesome that really attracted people. So, you know, it was not really like anything that we've been, you know, super loud in or like making a ton of, you know, marketing, but rather, you know, making the process intentional, placing people, you know, in different steps of the process where they can really shine, you know, and use that leverage this, of course, networking as well. A lot of people have been very connected, you know, in the talent community. But I think that uh, also, of course, they have been promoting us on, on many occasions during events and, you know, conferences and things like that. But I think that at the core of it is simply who they are that made it really successful. 
And one thing that strikes me is I'm not sure that we were half as successful at this uh, when you describe what, what you've done when we scaled Alva. But anyways, <laughs> you live and you learn. But like one thing that strikes me is how can you be so thoughtful with your strategy? And at the same time, I'm assuming you had numbers to hit and people to recruit. How did you do that? It was intense. But so much fun. I mean, the thing is also when you start small, it's like, and also when you get that chance of doing everything from really from scratch, I think that you get so much energy from that. We have been also in a pretty good place when it comes to, you know, being able to have also a budget to support like purchasing an amazing ATS very early on, being able to really scale, you know, and like do the work that is necessary to reach those, you know, that kind of level and, and, you know, those kinds of successes. So I think that is where we've been lucky. But in parallel, I mean, for sure, it takes a ton of work. I've been very, both very like strategic, but also extremely hands-on the first few years, hiring myself, you know, on a cadence every month, because that was obviously what the the business needed. (laughs) For sure. Getting the right tools is for sure an enabler. Do you want to share like what ATS did you use in case people want to copy? Yeah, we use Reinhouse. We have had it since end of 2018 and it's working very, very well. I would say actually a great way to work collaboratively when it comes to hiring. So we can go into more details when it comes to that as well, but super good tool for for that. Follow-up question, but setting this hiring strategy, how did that help or hinder the like company growth? When you set up a hiring strategy that is pretty ambitious like that in terms of like how we are going to do things and not just looking at, because I think that maybe sometimes what can happen when you start from like, a very small setup and having, you know, big ambitions to grow like that is that you sort of get lost maybe in the very hands-on, you know, activities. And it's like you hire a lot, of course, but you lose maybe a bit the division and the, you know, higher purpose of TA on a bigger scale. So I think that is where I've really tried to focus on that from the the very early days. I also used actually, because since we had to design this service from, from scratch, really, I've used design thinking tools to also support that mindset. Because for me, I also needed something to, you know, hold on to, you know, to be like, okay, we're going to do this, but I need to also mentally break it down. And because this was pretty huge. And that also helped because when presenting to the organization, people have been also like, I think, relating to that work and and understanding it a little bit more. Never underestimate a powerful presentation of something. That's a good tip, actually. How did you and the team manage to like cling on to this strategy? when you were working being a, a small team from from the beginning we we were not in the capacity to go like up and down so much every month so we sort of like needed to well constantly deliver right each month so instead like we needed to really focus on like quality secure the best hires with basically well if you think about it rather small volumes of interviews and candidates because we were of course networking sourcing but at the same time like we didn't have you know a full ta function you know with people having you know different roles we were still in a model where people were doing end-to-end so this was like also a place where we needed to you know secure the quality because we were not able to beat things with volumes so that is sort of like how we tackled that i think also that it's been critical to really working at understanding the business and going down to the details of that. So we, of course, that went, that goes, you know, in, in line with also like the stakeholder management and our approach to that. But I think that we have been like really trying to understand the business from the beginning, which has been also made easy for us because the organization has been like very transparent, having, you know, all hands, demos. So for us, it was also very easy to understand what 
people were, were doing and really like promote that to, to different candidates in, in different ways. But I think that having that very strong, you know, business interest and, and really doing that work has been also like a way to be uh, successful in the end. And then also as early as we could, that was not something we could do from the very, very start, but, you know, shortly after we could also work on the 12 months hiring roadmap and, and really take that, you know, to the next level because we needed to be able to plan and to be able to, you know, be more proactive and anticipate, you know, future needs and sort of like, of course, hiring for today's needs, but also, you know, work on the, on the future. So that is also where we've been able to create well transparency and alignment also then when sharing that that roadmap with with managers and, and people around the uh, different teams but i think that those two things were the most important ones and this roadmap do i like understand you correctly that that's like a plan for who we hire how many people we hire to what teams exactly yeah and making sure that this is aligned on like the company roadmap so if you think about Okay, let's say now we are transitioning from alpha to beta, or now we are actually launching, you know, uh, commercially the product, then, you know, really aligning, you know, those faces with like what it means in parallel for TA. I love the analogy of in tech, you're building, you know, two products. I mean, that's probably true for, for every company, but you're building two products. One is the product itself and the other one is the company. And if you can align those two, and I think your example is really, really strong that you could build your roadmap based on the product roadmap. Because that's something that we have tried, and I'm not sure how successful we were, but to, you know, be a few steps ahead so that we could plan our time. How did you do that? Like, how accurate were that roadmap? The thing to make it really as good as it can get is to be always in TA, of course, ahead of, you know, the product roadmap, because you need people to be in, to be already onboarded, you know, and, and all of that. So I think that is where, of course, it takes so much effort to be, you know, up to date to make sure you do things in the, with the right timing. And I'm not going to say here that we have nailed this every time. This is not the case, but. We've tried anyways to stay as close as possible to the business, really understanding, you know, the product and, and what was coming, taking it from there, really. But it is hard and it takes a lot of time to also, you know, because th things change all the time, right? So that is the, the nature of tech companies. So directions can change. Features can be prioritized in, in different ways. So, uh, yeah, that is definitely like where we we stayed close to, to the managers because they were, of course, like a really good source to know a lot about those things. And then I guess you could base it on the product roadmap because you had like clear targets of what you wanted to do. And I guess also some sort of like fairly secure financial situation. So you didn't have to like bootstrap. Would that be a good or something? Yeah. No, and that's right. And here we've been, of course, in a very privileged situation because we've been able to every year, basically, again, when I talk about this 12 months hiring roadmap, I know that's not always possible everywhere. It really depends on like financials and, you know, how investments happen and things like that. But for us, we sort of like had a yearly, you know, investment in this uh, organization. So we could actually plan ahead because we knew, you know, when the money was coming, of course, there was like, you know, a lot of work put into, well, the business plan and, you know, everything that, you know, leaders had to present, of course, to secure that. But at least when this was settled, then we could really, you know, plan ahead and, and do quality work in that sense, because we could also do long-term work. I love planning. So this kind of makes me drool a little bit. <laughs> Before you talked about stakeholders, let's talk a little bit more about that. What role would you say the different stakeholders have, stakeholder management had throughout this process? We, of course, had stakeholders that were involved in like more of the company direction. Then, of course, for us, you know, having like input for workforce planning, you know, um, 
the hiring roadmap and so on, we had stakeholders that were very key, you know, players in the well, in the hiring process, interviewing, promoting, you know, the, the company in, in different ways. And then we had also sort of like, you always get also like leaders that are maybe a little bit more like informal leaders in an organization, but also, you know, can give you so much information. It's important to not miss them, understand who they are, what they do, and make sure that they are kept in the loop also for, for different updates. And how do you do that? Because, you know, it sounds so easy to like, oh, you need to you know, practice stakeholder management. But like, what did that mean for you at Volvo Car Mobility, like on a Tuesday? I would say like a great start, of course, is to have, you know, regular check-ins, you know, different, like, of course, when you start a new recruitment, you know, having your kickoff meeting and things like that. But I think that for us, you know, we try to take it to a bit of a, another level and, and really try to understand like how people were thinking and, you know, how they were also, you know, having challenges or, you know, different realities and always also trying to be sometimes, you know, that actor in terms of like how the information was being shared in the company and also, you know, sometimes making others aware of different things because how rare is it that, you know, when you talk about hiring a role, you realize that another team is maybe sometimes also planning for the same thing, but in with a different title, sometimes slightly a different scope. So I think that sometimes you also catch two things when you do when you do this work. And that is also what is so interesting here, because you can really see also the value of what you do, of course. But I think that, yeah, nurturing those connections, understanding their challenges, anticipating, you know, the hiring needs based on just what they say. Sometimes they might not have thought, yeah, I need this uh, person now in my team, but, you know, sort of like having an understanding of like, okay, there is maybe a hole here, you know, something that we will need to take care of in the future. Sort of like having that understanding quite early on, I think is important and, and really trying to, well, also get that information because at the end of the day, you will use it and being able to present it to to candidates. And, and this is the most accurate way, I would say, to also, you know, really promote the brand and, and do good work when it comes to to talent acquisition to never, you know, promote something that is not true or, you know, not aligned with what the reality is actually about. That's what makes it so complex, right? You have to know so much because you need the bits and pieces of information that maybe you don't even knew that you needed it or wanted it until you have it, which makes it fun, but also challenging. I guess that also leads us into sort of like the positioning of you and your team, like internally. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, we've done a lot of work to be uh, extremely visible in this organization. I think that, you know, at some point last year, we, we it was the, the, you know, in 2022, that was the year when we hired the most ever, I think, internally. And people could, you know, look right, left, up, down, you know, it didn't matter. They would just see TA, I think, at some point. And I'm very proud of that together with the rest of the team, because I think that was amazing to to reach that kind of level because then you become you know this strategic business partner within the organization and you have that positioning you gain that trust because also you know you are more successful when you work that way which makes you you know in return also more involved and and you know more connected and and people will come to you when they need you know advice on like okay but how does the market look like or oh i have this this recruitment and you know now i'm making an offer how you know what do you say about salaries you know and and things like that so i think that being in charge and and proactive really helps in being invited also to those tables. And I think that uh, this has been like also, yeah, a lot of the work we've done when it comes to to positioning. I mean, you mentioned trust and if you don't have the trust from like the hiring manager or the overall overall organization, you're just not going to be able to have the same kind of impact. And I guess I don't know, to some extent, it's like a catch-22, because if you don't have the trust, you won't be able to gain the trust either. 
because then you won't be invited and then you can't prove yourself. So I guess it's on one hand, you need to take every opportunity you can to really prove the value and deliver like high quality. But on the other hand, like how do you get your foot in the door? Because I mean, you were a new, new team altogether, a new company. How did you manage to actually position the TA team in such a favorable role? From my side, I mean, it took a bit of coaching to really, you know, get the team to see the, the, the value of working that way. And I think especially for sometimes, you know, people that can come from big organizations where, you know, they have maybe not been as, as visible in their previous roles. I think that has been for them like a, a really interesting learning curve. And I think also a lot of fun because, you know, being more in charge and, and more, you know, in control also of, of what you do, I think is um, very rewarding because when you succeed, then, you know, it's all your your <laughs> your own work that, that is paying off. So I think that, yeah, definitely like a lot, a lot has been done there. But I think, you know, when you really work on, on recruitments, you know how to, you know, build like really robust talent pipelines. You work proactively, you know, with future needs that you anticipate. I mean, it has not been rare that, you know, sometimes we've been in contact with people for like a year, sometimes even two years. I have one one uh, person in mind that, yeah, you know, we checked in. That was not exactly the right time, the right role, you know, but, you know, let's keep in touch. You know, this is very exciting and very interesting. So, you know, let, let's take it from there next time. And then, you know, in a sudden you have this this perfect role, you know, for them. And sometimes, you know, the, the timing is just right and, and the stars just align. And, and from there, you know, when you come to sometimes like a, a kickoff meeting because you know you will now hire a certain role and you can already come, you know, with a name and this person is amazing, you know, that is like exciting. And and that is what we've actually managed to reach as a, as a level last year. So I was very proud of how the team has been, you know, doing this because this takes a lot of work, sort of like being everywhere to be able to catch those things and, and having also very good memory, obviously, but <laughs> it is extremely rewarding when, when those things work. Proactivity at its finest. We've talked about how you kind of set the strategy, how you you and the team positioned yourself and made the most of that strategy with your stakeholders. Looking back at the process now, what's your learnings? Like what were the main challenges that you faced through this like setting of the process or of the, the hiring strategy? Consider like how much the company has changed in during those five years how much the product was also evolving, you know, during this time and growing a lot, reaching almost 200 people recently. I think that the biggest thing has been to always ask ourselves, how do we do to remain relevant? And how do we make sure that all this time we continue the attention, you know, on the right things and, and also the right side projects sometimes as well in parallel to really support the bigger thing we were trying to achieve. So I think that the challenges there have been common ones, if you think about industry standards, I think that one of them is, of course, like, how do you help an, an organization commit to DNI work and build, you know, that skilled, you know, diverse team? And I think that here, one of the solutions, you know, we, we've looked into was, well, show the data of the hiring pipeline, really, like, remind people of, like, maybe certain groups of candidates all, you know, dropping in the same place in, in your hiring process and, and act on that basically and really show, okay, this is what is happening. What do you think is at stake here? Things like that also make, you know, the, the organization aware of, of why you do this and, and why, you know, and communicate on, on the reasons and why it's so crucial for the business. Another thing I think that was one of the challenges for us was the how to cope in peaking periods and also when 
plans, you know, have changed. So I think that, you know, for us, a big lesson from the time in 2021, 2022, when obviously so many people were hiring so much has been, you know, to look into how can you build a team and make it as scalable as possible when necessary. And like also, it's not just about the team, it's also about the ways of working and, and really questioning, you know, sort of like th those aspects. For us, you know, we've also tried at times to decentralize, you know, part of the work that we were doing, try to also like, you know, involve others in different parts of the process that can be, for example, for a little additional sourcing, you know, done by the hiring managers, you know, in parallel of what you also do in TA for them to make sure that if you have maybe a, an offer acceptance rate that is maybe going down a little bit, that you act on it quite quickly and you just, you know, maybe arrange those last half an hour career talks, you know, at the end of the process, just to make sure that everything is aligned with the candidate just before sharing the offer and, and you know, trying to be proactive with those kinds of situations. And then I think that's definitely retention. I mean, now it's maybe a problem that depending on like the hiring context in different industries, but also in different companies, you know, the situation can be very different out there and it's a case-to-case -case situation. But I think that for us anyways, during the last few years, this has also been like a topic because we were growing from sort of like startup to scale up and you don't necessarily have the same people to do the work in, in those different phases. So also like, you know, a natural change happens after a while. And for us, this put, of course, a lot of pressure on TA at times because we had added volumes of replacements that we could not always anticipate in, in the best way. So I think that is also something that could be uh, looked into very philosophical question here but retention at all costs like is that a good thing because I mean I really hear that we want high retention because you know we want to keep the talent and and uh, we don't want to spend time like back solving and we're backfilling etc etc but can like a healthy number of retention actually be beneficial I don't know how did you discuss retention so for us, retention has been not something that has been entirely in the in the TA team, but also, you know, a responsibility shared with uh, with the rest of the people team. But I think that, as you say, some level of change is normal and, and of course, should be also accepted and, and because it, it can, of course, be, be a good thing. But it depends really on the numbers. For us, we saw that there was anyways a bit too high of a rate at some point, given also, you know, if you look at like the average tenure in the job, Yes, things change fast, but still people sometimes didn't stay long either. So sort of like, you know, using exit interviews to really understand, you know, the issues and, and really act, trying to act on that in the, in the best way. Elise, we, we have danced around the topic of the hiring managers and how you can turn them into talent magnets and how important they are. How do you align the process so that you can really together with the hiring manager, make sure that you have high quality candidates. We use those structured update meetings. So we sort of like try to decide in the TA team, what information do we need on a regular basis from, you know, different parts of the organization. And, you know, people were taking responsibility for having those meetings, you know, in different forums. So having that kind of like structure approach to updates and getting the information was definitely something that has worked for us. We also, of course, had like structured, you know, kickoff meetings where having like new recruitments, you know, on our table, trying to understand like what level of partnership could we expect, you know, and like sharing mutual expectations. They're also like working quite transparently, you know, with, 
for them to know what your day looks like and you know for you to also know what their day is like so i think that is super important to have you know this like really two two-way street and i think to get there well we we communicated quite consistently you know and and we were focusing on what we are doing in the TA team, trying to, you know, uh, for them to understand like the reality of the job. Otherwise, what do people think? They think about people on Monday morning, you know, coming for their first day. And for them, that's hiring, you know, that, that is, yeah. But to get there, you know, think about all the work that is happening, you know, ahead of that. And of course, it's fantastic to have a new colleague, but, you know, there is so much work put into, you know, one successful hire. So, I think that is really a reality that people need to really share and like also for them to be critical to towards like the volumes, you know, they need to put in. If you need to, you know, hire uh, to interview, sorry, 25 people for one hire, well, there is an issue there, obviously, you know, that is unfortunately not following industry standards. So like really trying to going into the details of that and, and being critical and like acting on, okay, if maybe something is not great in, in, let's say, the technical interviews or, you know, the TA interviews. Well, then, you know, really trying to understand, like, why is that? And, and like, acting on, on the issues you will identify. And you mentioned, like, having those regular follow-up meetings or, like, sharing information, getting the information that you, that you needed. What were the bullet points that you made sure to always cover? What was highly prioritized in the team, what people were doing. And when you say team there, you mean like the hiring team or like the team that you were hiring for? The team we were in contact with. Sometimes we're even having updates without necessarily hiring. And I think that's also very important. So we're keeping those, those updates, you know, at all times. So trying to understand their prioritization, trying to understand what will come for them in the next few months. Do they have, of course, anybody that, you know, might leave the team or might be, you know, moving to another team that can also also happen. So sort of like really anticipating th- those kinds of things, especially in the in the context of like product teams, you know, where things can change fast or like, you know, competencies need to move, you know, in, for different reasons. So I think that is definitely like things that we need to be aware of in the team. So anticipating, yeah, people dropping and if like there is more work all in the salon because maybe something in the product is not, you know, always uh, working super well and that requires extra work like how do you you know uh, make sure that this is also uh, covered so finger on the pulse at all time regardless if you were hiring or not and that's a tip to to sit with pride so you talked a little bit about how you like set the strategy how did it improve over time how did you ensure learnings and like incorporating those learnings so for us, securing the the change in in hiring was definitely hard because sometimes we realized that we improved something, and then six months, you know, later we realized, oh no, we are back in square one when it comes to something. That can be, for example, let's say you manage to, you know, do the work with hiring managers for them to consider maybe more junior profiles, for example, for a role because you know it could be uh, considered in in a certain period. But then six months later, realize that no, now requirements are, you know, very long in the job ads and, you know, you're looking for, you know, this, uh, those people that uh, basically don't exist. That happened like quite a lot. And, and we realized that, of course, it's, it's very frustrating because, you know, you think that you've managed to improve something to secure the change, but then in the end, you know, you're, it's, it's the setback. And when we try to change something, we, really started by, you know, thinking, okay, what is the desired change? And over time, we were, I think, doing a lot better to also, you know, gather those promoters around us, you know, having those people that will make the change happen. And then it won't just be us 
asking for that change, but it would be also other people believing in it and why we're doing this, you know, and, and creating, you know, that, that vision internally. So I think that then, you know, it's easier for them to also gather others to, you know, join us on, on the mission. And so we, we've actually done that. And this worked quite well to support the change over time. And we made sure, of course, to demonstrate the, um, our commitment ourselves, you know, towards that change, because of course you need to, lead by example and, you know, really believe in what you do. But I think that this has been working quite well. And then, of course, communicating successes, celebrating them, making, you know, people proud of what they have achieved, I think is very important. So that is also something that we use those cases, you know, that worked so well afterwards to be able to also, you know, encourage people to to take the, the chance again. And if we take a step back and think about the people that will now want to implement the hiring strategy or improve theirs or whatever the, the scenario is, what would you say are like the headlines? What is it that a good hiring strategy should cover? I think it should be very strongly, you know, business-minded. To win as an organization, you need to win with people. So you need to, you know, really make sure that your hiring strategy is highly prioritized, that, you know, People on C-level talk about it, commit to that work together with you and, and really make sure that they are part of that picture as well. You can look into like fancy tools and amazing, you know, ways of, of doing things. But at the end of the day, you know, you need to really secure, you know, that collaboration, that partnership, build that trust. And, and you know, from there, I would be surprised that the strategy doesn't work as long as it's aligned with the business. And then I think that's a great thing. But if we then dive even more like concrete, should it cover like who you should hire, in what way, from what's like a pool, a diversity, like what are the uh, must-haves? Definitely focusing on like building a diverse team is it's so important. You will build a better product, build a better team, a most, more enjoyable culture for everybody. I think that is so important. I think that making sure that people know who is taking care of what kind of recruitments and, and using, you know, those those strengths also in the TA team and, you know, those networks that you have also, you know, outside of the TA team. So I think that making it clear, like who is going to do what's the purpose of, you know, each step of the process that people find, you know, clarity in this work and, and what their role is, again, I think is, is so important. Great answer. And I think it's so it's so much about like setting the expectations, right? Because I know one thing that we've been discussing internally is, who do we hire based on how long we want people to stay? In our like talent strategy, we have the goal is that you should stay at Alva for at least four years. And during those four years, you should have at least two different roles, meaning we want people to stay longer than the average, where like the average in Stockholm right now is like three-ish years. And I think it's it's uh, decreasing. And we also want people to grow here, hence the like, at least two roles. And then my job has been a lot about like, okay, how do I then optimize for that? So it has like so many implications, but we've had, you know, had the discussion of like, is that the same for everyone? Should we specify it more for different roles? I think it, because it has implications, but it's at least in my mind, it's helpful that you spell it out. What is it that we expect? Because it's going to be easier to know who can I look for and who shouldn't I look for and what expectations do I set on the candidate and you know what do I inform them on? Is there any like one of those like pieces of the puzzle that you felt helped you and the team more so than others? I think so. I think that core values, definitely like concept that for us helped a lot. 
we could, you know, refer to that to, with the candidates and, and really this is actually uh, something that has been rolled out this year. So we have not used it for so long, but you know, this has been anyways adding clarity, I think, for, for people to know who are you, you know, if you join this company and, and sort of like, what should you believe in on a certain level? So I think that has definitely been helpful for us. What sort of like tools or strategies are crucial for maintaining a sustainable hiring strategy? For us right now, I think that it is very important to to look into like new innovative tools. Like, for example, AI has been something that a lot of people have talked about recently. And yeah, having used it myself quite a bit in the recent months, I think this is definitely something that can really enhance, you know, the, the work we do in TA. Of course, everything needs to be, you know, double checked. Still, a lot of work is, is required, but I think that at this point, we can see anyways how fast it's also improving and, and really see this as like, I think, a really big opportunity to, you know, optimize our time and really focus on those high value tasks instead. And also what we, we find most interesting. I think also that, you know, to set up that strategy and, and work on, on collaboration, investing in a great ATS is making such a big difference. It is, of course, a bit of a cost, but you will hire probably less people in, in the TA team and, and, you know, grow more in a more mind, mindful way, probably, you know, and trying to be a bit focused on, on what you truly need to succeed and, and also, you know, keeping things to a reasonable level. Sorry. I don't know what I would do. Like, how, can you even do hiring without a well-structured ATS? I don't know what that even looks like. No, that's true. But I know uh, teams struggling with that. Yeah, Ooh, that feels like a nightmare. So you said that you used AI. Do you want to share the most helpful um, use case that you have seen or tried with AI within hiring? I mean, I think everybody has tried to, you know, write a job ad, has tried, you know, to see, test a bit, you know, email outreaches to candidates, coordination tasks. Also trying, you know, okay, you have like an agenda for a certain meeting, you know, how can you, you know, make it better? Maybe also like using it, you know, for interview questions, you need to, like, for example, you have this interview and, you know, you will really focus on, let's say, leadership. Okay. You know, what kind of like questions, you know, can you, can you try to, you know, elaborate for that? I think that again, you will need still to work on everything that is being produced, but you will anyways get, I think, a really good base to, to get started. So I think there are so many examples also assessments, actually, technical assessments, you can actually at this point put together a job skills case and, you know, really try to test a person from a case that has been actually uh, done by AI. So, so many cases, really. One aspect I'm looking forward to really trying out a lot more is how can we as you say, like use it for, for, for cases, but also like score and uh, draw conclusions on my like interview notes so that I can use that for like the personalized feedback. So how can it help me take the most important bullet points and sum that up and stuff like that? So it's a, it's an interesting evolution for sure. Elise, final question. What would you say to someone that's now creating their first or second or third or 10th hiring strategy? What's your best advice? Be ambitious, I think, is like the first thing that comes to mind. I think that, you know, you will never regret thinking big when it comes to, you know, the, the potential of, of people that you will bring in. So I think that aim for, you know, as good as you can when building a hiring strategy and, and you know, aim for that quality 
do you know the, that work that you know you might think ah oh, i'm going too much into the details it will pay off it will really pay off and and that i think i cannot emphasize this enough because for us having that that business understanding and and really you know making the most of it to promote you know the jobs the company and and you know trying to make the most of that i think has been really fantastic and and successful in the end amen okay so Let's close this podcast with let's go out and be ambitious. Elise, thank you for joining. It was a pleasure talking to you. Hope to continue this conversation now off the record. Thank you so much, Linnea. This was a lot of fun. It was. Bye-bye.